was blue collar. I was a meat manager, you know. Um, and so um, my first hunt was uh, that I did like big adventure was caribou. I made payments on it to a booking agent. No, you know, you, you nailed Dota. Like the mountain lion hunt, like I'll have to call and be like, all right, I'm ready. But as far as everything else, I have to deposit everything. It just, that's what works. I'm a blue collar guy, man. That's just what I have to do. So in order to do a hunt that's attainable like that, you know, that's up there in the thousands upon thousands. I mean, I just, I have to take full advantage of that. That's the only way I'm going to do it, you know. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. We're happy to have you today at the Bone Cave. Um, we do not have any new bones in the cave um in case you were wondering we do have new hoodie sweatshirts um and uh um Colum no they're carhartts they're actually they're they're designer which is blows me away it's an oxymoron well design because carhartt's Carhart. now a designer brand did you guys know that uh actually i did and when i was a kid it was what the redneck roughnecks yep. wore and you bought it with your fair show money, and it lasted the longest, and you got it at um, Big Bear in Waverly, Iowa. I, I bought it at Big Bear in Boone, <laughs> Iowa. Remember Big Bears? I do. Absolutely, I do. <laughs> and if you couldn't get it at Big Bear, you didn't need it. <laughs> that's that's right. They had uh, they had the best in the toy farm machinery too. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> All the John Deere and the Massey Ferguson collectibles. All you of got it. those for Christmas. Yeah, I guess that was a real redneck well, um, Christmas. If Car you know Car what Hart's, we're talking about, Carhartt's been bought out. They've gone woke. So yeah, they're they're a woke organization now. Too much money in it. That's why it's. Uh, um, oh ding! That was not mine. That was Bob's. It was so anyway, Bing, not Ding. Uh, whatever, Ding or Bing. It all depends on your perspective. Um, so well, you uh, woke up. I thought you were um, sleeping there. I thought I was going to have to hit you with the kettle prod there for a second at the very beginning, but you came to life. Good job. Um, yeah. What the <laughs> hell? Um, I didn't do the intro, you know, sleeping. So anyway, I just got a lot of my mind, Brad. <laughs> I didn't I didn't uh, I didn't get one career this morning. Uh, anyway, Bob, uh, first of all, we got bleep here to my left. We, we've digressed already. Um, oh, by the way, anybody that sends us a from this, the actually the first ten because I can't say anybody because I think we're gonna get bombarded on this. Right. No, let's do the first twenty because I'm feeling really generous. Okay. Actually, Brad's so cheap. Let's do fifty, and then we can make sure he gets off his wallet. No, I'm teasing. Let's do ten. Okay. All um, right. I was just gonna make. Uh, let's do the first ten callers, or the first ten people that email hello at rbohome.com right we'll get a t-shirt you got to give us your uh address and your size yep you will get a t-shirt that says i, I digress, digress. <laughs> Lindley <laughs> had t-shirts made podcast t-shirts it's our first podcast t-shirt on the back it says hunt the world and it has our podcast logo with the elk and on the front it says <laughs> i digress and so anyway, and then um, our next T-shirt will be, um, I pass in the morning, shoot in the afternoon, hashtag 393. Because I guess I say those things every intro, and I didn't realize I did. But anyway, it hit me today because I've already digressed, and uh, um, we'll get back on track. So anyway, Bleep, it's good to have you here. As always, Brad, it's great to have you here, and we are ready to roll and we do have a special guest with us tonight, Mr. Bob Miller. Bob, welcome out. It's great to have you tonight. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, Bob is from Michigan. Is that right? That's correct. And uh, um, so we're going to uh, – I'm going to let Bob tell you a little bit about himself in a second, or I shouldn't say let you because that's not uh, proper. Um, we're going to ask Bob to tell you a little bit of, uh, about himself in a second. But anyway, the first ones that um, go – the first 10 that go ahead and just email hello at rbohome.com and uh, mention – 10 and not 20 because you said 20 earlier. Did I say 20? You did because well, you were feeling generous. Let's do 20. Okay. I'm good with 20. 
Uh, we'll do 20. Okay. I have no problem with that. So let's do 20. The first 20 that that we get, and just to timestamp this, I don't, well, actually, it doesn't matter. I don't know when it's going to – actually, we should timestamp it. Yeah. So is this going to come out uh, what? Yeah, it'll be uh, – what will the day be? It'll be 21st of March. Okay, so Thursday the 21st of March, that way we can track it to some degree, right? Thursday the 23rd of March. Thursday the – we are all some kind of up here today. So since I'm bleeping myself, let's make sure we're right. Let's look at this. Okay. Um, yes, Thursday the 23rd of March. That's today. That's today. Oh, I get it. I like that. That's today. All right. Bob, did you know we're in the future? We're at the 23rd of March. Isn't that shit crazy right there? You used to have to wear it's crazy Nike shoes and, and a DeLorem. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you guys can DeLorean. tell me how the – Oh, how DeLorium? The DeLorium. I'm thinking hunting. DeLorium. DeLorium's the new garment. Yeah. DeLorean Go ahead, Bob. What were you going to say? I'll say, uh, yeah, if you guys can take that DeLorean and go into the future and tell me how my uh, hunt season's going to go, I'll appreciate it. <laughs> well, tell us where you're going, and, and let's uh, let's get predictions going here. We'll work Bob. on it. So the 23rd, this is the 23rd of March, 2023, just to put a timestamp on this one. First 20, hello at rbohome.com. Hello at rbohome.com. You will get an I Digress t-shirt from um, Rolling Bones Podcast, and we're happy to send them out to you. The first 20, here you go. The next thing, and I will mention this later in the um, uh, the show also, but I want to make sure everybody knows that we have a, uh, as long as we're time stamping, this is a hunt promo that starts on 323.23, and it's Texas Free Range Audat Hunt. That's three and a half days, two on one fully guided Audat Hunt in the mountains of West Texas. Hunt is physically demanding with elevations between 4,500 and 6,500, temperatures ranging from 20 to 85 degrees. ATV use for some transportation. And shot distance is anywhere from 150 to 350 yards. Unless you're Brad Dana, then you back up to 750 because you can't get a good rest at 720 or 620. So we got to go back about 70, 80 yards. But refer to one of our past podcasts and we will explain that to you. So anyway, um, occasionally requiring 400 plus yard shots, 270 caliber or larger required for these tough conditions and hardy animals. Meals are modest and meals and modest accommodations included on this private ranch hunt in sheep country up to 400 per camp uh, hunt is half day on the a day you arrive and departure day after third full hunt day closest airport service is el paso texas and the species audad sheep um i wish we had oh we do have the hunt catalog number is 7867-02 and the tag is 48 bucks as of today might go up. This is for 2025. The reason, um, the reason, excuse me, the reason I want to make sure I explain it's 2025 is because the price I'm about to tell you is going to not be, it's probably, we're trying to run this for a podcast group. We do have three uh, camps available right now, fully available, and we will be in the first uh, we'll be in the second and third dates. Those dates I looked at today, we, uh, we will be in camp for the second and third dates, okay, if you're interested in booking. $4,850. Um, we will need a deposit with that, but it's under $5,000 audit hunt. You just don't have this. You just don't get this, especially in 2025. This is a feature we worked out with this outfitter for our podcast listeners, and that's what today is. We're going to work real hard. They're trying to bring you this, but it's four thousand eight hundred and fifty bucks, and uh, um, and that is um, a that is uh, that is for you um, and your podcast, and uh, um, it's an amazing hunt. Is that on the location? Is this at that place? Uh, it's at one of them. Right. Okay. Uh, so anyway, this is yeah, a, that's a kid. That's this a, is a young boy yeah. that just shot one. And, uh, um, anyway, yes, it's going to be, it's going to be an amazing adventure. And, uh, um, we're going to call it the Bob Miller special. <laughs> All right. I like that. <laughs> And because uh, um, Bob has taken full advantage of what we've done here and who we are as a company. So anyway, um, that's it. And then real quick, the Iowa show winner of the Kennetrek Mountain Boots was Thomas Davis, Colfax, Iowa. 
Um, you won the boots. Yay! Uh, yay. So um, we appreciate you registering, signing up. And uh, um, if you've never been to the, to the Iowa Whitetail Classic, uh, the Iowa Deer Classic. Right. John Bungie will kill me if I say that wrong. Yep. The Iowa Deer Classic, you need to go. Which, you know what's funny, Bob? We had a bunch of people stop by our booth from Michigan that drove all the way over to be there for that weekend. Yeah, that's that's a big deer show, man. It's uh, Iowa. I mean, that's the Mecca of the Holy Land. So, well, there's some uh, big deer there. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's funny you say that, Bob. I you talked know? to I talked to a realtor today, a buddy of mine, and he has a region that he works for with his company, and they sell hunting properties in the southeast corner of Minnesota. And uh, um, actually, you should go look him up. It's Troy Sealhammer. If you're looking for property in southeast corner of Minnesota, you can go find him on Instagram, Troy Sealhammer. Anyway, he was saying if he was across the river in northeastern Iowa, um, he, he could sell a third of the farms and make three times as much money. <laughs> if he's across where? Um, the river. Um, be in northeast in, Iowa. In northeast, northeast Iowa. Northeast Iowa. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That's the he's, he's prime in, area, prime real estate. He, I'm sorry. He's in southeastern yeah. Minnesota. Minnesota, and if right. he was across the river in northeastern Iowa, oh, gotcha. did I say yeah. southwestern? Yeah, because gotcha. that's some good yeah. good country up there. Yeah, it's, it, and the yeah. funny thing is it's, it's all good. If you're on the one side of the river, the other side of the river, it literally, it just, it, it, but the reality is, is Iowa has exactly what Bob just said. It's, it's the mecca, mecca, mecca of big deer. Boy. Yeah. You know, I actually, uh, I pulled a Brad Dana this year. Uh, I drew last year for Iowa, and uh, the first night I passed up this 145-inch eight point that I probably should have killed. Well, I had four days to, to think about it, and I thought, you're such a dumbass. Well, luckily, I was able to close the deal four days later on him, but I thought, man, that's a hashtag 393 moment right there. <laughs> well, good for you. You got four days bigger, huh? So is that a verb? <laughs> is that a verb? Yeah. <laughs> that's a verb, isn't it? I pulled a Brad Dana. Um, cause that's, it's, it's, that's kind of a verb. I think it would be a little bit of an adverb. I think, but if you and I think that's what it would be. The, yeah. I think per, pulled would be the verb. If, if you say I did, I did, I did, I did, but I pulled, so it would be an adverb then. I'm, I'm just going, <laughs> I think through. it would mean a lot of things, all of which are good. No, it, it, moving well, right I don't along. think so. It, um, I pulled a Brad Dana. So well, that was nice having you on the podcast, verb, Bob. Great. Bob, give us a call later. Bob, that's awesome. <laughs> so tell us about that hunt. What happened when you pulled a Brad Dana? You saw it coming through, and you're like, oh, I'm going to pull a Brad Dana moment. Hashtag 393. Pass in the morning. You should shoot in the evening. Yeah, yeah. Well, first off, I think he just found your next T-shirt there, so I think that's got to get printed on there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he uh, he came down. It was at night. It was at last light there, and uh, he looked good, you know, and you got your tag for five days as a non-president for the first gun. So you don't want to be trigger-happy, but at the same time, you only got five days to get it done. Um, I know the deer that are in the area, and uh, I thought, well, we're just going to, you know, luck of the dice, we're going to gamble here a little bit. Yeah, um, like I said, it was a stupid mistake, and uh, – Luckily, I was able to redeem myself, you know, Tuesday morning, I ended up killing him, so it worked out. Oh, you killed the same buck. Yeah, I ended up killing the same deer, yep, yep. So this was a Brad Dana moment. It was, it was. Good good uh, decision-making, Bob. I'm proud of you. That's how I would have handled it exactly. (laughs) I mean, do you you want to be done on the first morning? 22 years to draw the tag, well, Bob. I mean, let's let's be real. Let's enjoy the hunt a little bit for crying in a bucket. I mean, you got to hunt well, in a couple of days. Yeah, yeah. Would, it have uh, tasted, yeah got, would the meat have tasted any better if you'd have shot it a few days earlier? Yep. <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, You've gone home you know and you've done, the, cho- the you done chores. <laughs> Who likes doing yeah, chores? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's the living with regret. You know, it's uh, – that's one of Fred Bear's biggest quote, you know, is, is if, if you do something, you got to live 365 days with regret when it comes to hunt. And uh, living with it with four days was, was hard enough. So, There's yeah, I ain't going to make that much. No regrets. <laughs> yeah. So tell us your story, Bob. Where are you from? How would you get into hunting? We want to know. And then uh, we obviously want to hear how you bumped into RBO. We're out of Spearfish, South Dakota. You're out of Flint, Michigan? No. Where at in Michigan? No, I'm in uh, Bay City, Michigan. Basically, uh, I'm a couple miles from Saginaw Bay, which is what I think is the walleye capital of the world, really. I mean, we have the Saginaw River and we have the Lake Huron. Um, yeah, I'm 37 years old. Um, been hunting for as long as I can remember, man. My dad had me out there when I was three years old, you know, uh, up in the woods in uh, North Michigan. 
Um, I work for a local road commission out here, so I'm a blue collar guy. Um, yeah, I just, I, I chase whitetails, man. That's what I do. Um, I worked as a part-time guy down for a guy in Kentucky guiding whitetails for a few years, about eight or 10 years. Um, quit doing that. Uh, I've been, I've killed whitetails in Kentucky, Iowa, and Michigan. Um, I've been to Ontario. I killed a, a Pope and Young. Uh, black bear, 400, just under 450 pounds, about 440 pound black bear with my boat, um, 2017, um, got that out of the way. And now, uh, now I'm heading out to Wyoming. Hopefully this year I should draw and I'm going to head out there for elk and, uh, it's been on the bucket list. So yeah, that's for that. So tell me about Kentucky. What, what happened? I mean, how'd you go? I'm going to go. I know obviously they've been, became a big player in the whitetail space. And, uh, um, but you, you wake up one morning and said the hell with it. I'm going to go hunt Kentucky. Pretty much. Um, my dad worked with a guy that did the outfitting down there. And I, I first started going down there buying hunts from the guy. Um, but then I had switched uh, careers for the role commission. I get a lot more time off. So I, I got a relationship with the, the guy that run the outfitting business I said, hey, man, you know, if you want to make a deal or do something, I'm willing to help you and guide your clients and help out. So we made a little deal on that. So I did that for about eight years. Um, but, yeah, you're right. When I first started going down there in 2011, there was 98 to 100,000 non-residents. And when I left in 2019, there was over 500,000 non-residents. So uh, it, it was just hard finding ground. Everything was getting gobbled up and, and the deer size was going down. And, uh, yeah, just the quality of hunting kind of really took a turn. A half a million non-resident deer hunters. Wow. Yep. It, uh, you would go down there on opening day of gun season and you would never, you'd hear a couple shots here and there where I was at, I was up in Northeastern Kentucky. And then when I left, it was just like, you thought it was Michigan. It was just orange guys. Orange army was everywhere. It was terrible. So it was Wisconsin. It turned into Wisconsin. That's what that, Wisconsin's like that. It's just the orange army. You don't know, they have like a half a million yeah. licensed gun hunters or something in Wisconsin too? No, like eight or 900,000 uh, crazy residents. Here's one, here's one for you. Michigan last year, the first two days of the rifle season, killed over 200,000 deer. And they figured it out. For those two days alone, it was two deer for every second for the first 48 hours. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, we got Michigan right now has the highest bucks killed per square mile um, at about four and a half bucks per square mile. And you're anywhere between 18 to 20 hunters per square mile. Holy smokes. So you're you compete like crazy. And because I knew Michigan has almost a million hunters, right? That's correct. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I want to say there was like uh, 550,000 deer harvested last year. I'd have to double check the numbers, but somewhere around there. No kidding. So that that makes me yeah. laugh. I'm I'm reading. So Department of Natural Resources shows 103,623 deer were killed on Saturday and Sunday in the state of Wisconsin, and that that's obviously where I moved from. And we've talked about that, so that's why I say. And and I'm I was just looking this because I have uh, I'm always looking at the Wisconsin stats because I I just had had a piece of property till a little bit ago. And uh, um, and it's just funny as I'm looking at this, going, "Holy smokes!" I thought that was a lot at 109,000, and you guys killed 200,000 over. Yeah, in two in two days. Wow. Yeah. Now you you go back to go go back to Iowa, and if you look at Iowa stats, I think for the last three years they've only averaged like 50 to 60,000 bucks registered per year in the last like three years. So if that goes to tell you why Iowa is the way it is. Yeah, they definitely protect their bucks, don't they? And they have a earn they used to have an earn a buck. When I was a kid, you had to earn a buck. You know what I'm saying? Now you can um, tags, so um uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. Um I I'm I wouldn't I would be lying to say I knew that. Um I don't think you can get so a you resident. Think, oh oh resident. I don't I, I think it's still a uh it's a unit specific thing that residents because landowners still um can't just carte blanche like they used to be able to now does a lot of them can kill a lot of does but uh um i don't know crazy well residents residents in iowa can uh you can actually shoot up to four and the reason being is you get your two as your resident you get one if you're a landowner and then if you apply for one of them urban areas you can get an urban buck tag too 
Yeah, so every resident can get two buck tags in. Mm, I don't think so. Yep. You think every resident in the state of Iowa gets two deer tags? Yeah, yeah, they get one buck tag and one where one gun tag they can pick and they get one bull tag. Really? And and is that statewide? Yeah, as far as I know, yep. Um, that's interesting. I did not know that. Um, that seems like more than I would anticipate because they used to be, when I lived there, they were chintzier than hell and, um, non-resident landowners, uh, could not participate yeah, in the landowner, right. um, uh, draw, Otherwise, you know what I'm saying? You they couldn't do it. participated. Would you not have? I would have participated like crazy. Right. Of course I would have. Um, so. No, you're, yeah. you're right with the non-residents. Yeah, yeah non resident landowners cannot they have to participate in the draw. Huh. So Michigan, everybody there, every uh resident um can get a hunting license there too. Yes, two uh yep, you get two buck tags. You get two buck tags in Michigan. So there's a lot of hunting there. Yep. It's just a, are you willing to go out and fight uh because uh, there's a lot of public land in northern Michigan. Yeah. O- almost all of northern Michigan is that. Yeah, you get you get two buck tags, and you can get up to 10 doe tags. Oh, 10, 10 doe tags. You're eating yep. deer for the winter. Used to be that way in Wisconsin, <laughs> yeah. too, but it went through some things. We used to, like, at one, I think the first year Lindley and I were married, we could kill up to 14. It was like we could kill 14 deer in northern Wisconsin, and it was just crazy. But now they've reintroduced wolves, so I don't think it's the same hunting as it used to be up there. They they, they were so smart that they reintroduced wolves exactly the same time they spent $3 million reintroducing um, a native species called elk. So they, they spent $3 bucks or $4 bucks reintroducing elk, and then they said, okay, let's, let's also throw in wolves here to kill the elk we just spent money on reintroducing. That would be really smart. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're heading to Wyoming. You've got a big hunt, a big Western hunt planned. Yep. you got to be super stoked yep. for that. Absolutely. Uh, heading up to uh, your oldest elk camp that's in Wyoming. It's a horseback hunt. Oh, so yeah. uh, You're in the thoroughfare. Yeah. Right? So yeah, So here's what – so we were plowing snow one day, and I'm listening to my podcast like I normally do. I was listening to Working Class Bowhunter, and they had Nick Munn on, and he was talking about um, this new agency that he was teaming up with, um, and they did layway programs. And I thought, well, what the heck? So basically I exchanged some emails with them and – told them this is what I'm looking for. This is my price range. And within two days I had a membership. Um, I took advantage of your layaway. I put a couple thousand dollars down and then I had you guys pull money out of my, uh, out of my, my debit card and you guys ping me every month and got that paid off now. And I just, uh, about, uh, three months ago, I just booked a mule deer home with you guys too, doing the same thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. You are going to have so much fun. That is, uh, that's wild country up there, man. Dude, first of all, yeah, Bob, you have no heard. idea how happy that makes me, okay? So to just hear you utter those words makes me so happy because, um, I mean, how many guys like you are living and want to just go west, do all that, and they go, you know what, for me to throw down six, seven grand just is not possible. But for me to throw down 1500 2000 put my put my foot on a spot, and then make payments, get it paid off, put my foot on another spot – now you can fiscally budget yourself. And by the way, um, it's, it's economically, it makes it available for you. So you've already booked a mule deer hunt. And where's, is the mule deer hunt in Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota? Nope. nope. It's actually, I'm, I booked with the same outfitter for mule deer. And the reason I did that was because they don't have any trophy fees up there uh, with that particular outfitter. And I thought, I don't want to have an 880 inch mule deer, you know, I'm looking at and, and, and have them tell me, Hey, you owe four grand more or five grand more or whatever their trophy fee is. And also, um, plus I like the idea of the horseback as well. So I want to get that out of the way, you know? No, you're, you, you did it right, brother. You're getting the full Monty cause you're going to go in there for elk one year and a year or two later, go back in there for uh, um deer. And the other thing is if you're wise here, you're going to go in during the migration and you're not going to get scared of snow in the high country. You're going to embrace it and praise Jesus. It comes and you're going to kill 190 inch deer yep absolutely um as far as the outcome i told them i'm gonna go the third week of their rifle i think it's third week of october and i, t- I told the outfitter i said the less people on the mountain the better the snow doesn't bother me and i said whatever you gotta do you put me on the mountain you give me a good guide and i said i'm gonna get it done so and i don't mean to sound arrogant or cocky but you know you're there to you're there to kill something you know 
So the the good news is is that uh, um, you're you're like I was and still am on the mountain. Now Brad's a little bit of a Henry, um, of course. You know uh, the the fiscal resources he has with uh, being a doctor. It's different than being a uh, schlup like me um, and uh, um, a poor boy from Iowa. <laughs> but but I have uh, um, I have a PhD just like you. Okay. Poor, hungry, and driven when I get on the mountain. Hey, what Perfect. time? What Perfect. time? <laughs> <laughs> Did you like that? Hey, hold on, Bob. I want to introduce you to everybody. Okay, these are. This is Eric Booking Department. This is Sophie. You talked to him. This is Bob Miller. You guys have booked hunts, and you talk to him all the time, don't you? So, Bob, that's Sophie. Move over. Chelsea, that's Chelsea. You talk to her. And then the one and only, Lindley. So, um, there they are. So, that's who's left. Everybody else has kind of went to bed already. Uh, it's 5 o'clock here. So, um, but anyway, thanks for coming in, guys. I thought he would introduce you. What do you think? What time is it, Brian? Oh, does that have been watch? It's, uh... it's, oh, it's, yeah, it's 5.05. What kind of watch is that? I'm just uh, um, oh, it's oh, a cheap. Uh, no, tell tell cheap, me about it. You working yeah. stiff? What kind of watch is that? <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a oh, it's a silver oh. one. So anyway, <laughs> it's a silver watch. Bobby's giving me shit. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, I do got to give a shout out to that crew that you got. Um, I tell you what, I I hound them guys, phone calls, emails, asking questions. Some stupid retarded questions, but them guys are always there and they're always polite. And that crew you got, I'm telling. Thank you. That's yeah, really good we to hear. we really appreciate that. And um and they do they 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 work super hard at delivering. We had staff meetings this morning since eight. Um, actually, we were all in here early because it's it's application season right now. Depending on when you listen to this, obviously you wouldn't know what season it is. But it's application season for us, and we do over 8,000 applications right now. This morning it was 807 – or I'm sorry, 800. 8,007 applications, and uh, which is starting to make me lose a lot of sleep every night. Um, but the fact of the matter is um, these guys work so hard every day, and I'm listening to them in here talking – and my wife came back, Lindley, came back uh, about two hours ago and says, um, I have a question. Um, what if we added three more lines? And I'm like, what? And she's like, well, we have a lot of people on hold, and the amount of calls we can answer are not um, it, not what I would like to see us answering live time because they're getting bumped to voicemail all day long. And we could have the four other staff members that we are building right now in the applications department at least pick up the phone and say, hey, my name's uh, my name's uh, Braden, my name's Colton, my name's Ben, my name's Colby. How can I help you? And then they talk to a live person. So we want to continue to add to deliver that service, Bob. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You guys do a good job of it, man. I can tell you that. Uh, hey, I'm going to shift gears for a second, if you don't mind. Brad, uh, you got a couple international guns you're building. Uh, what uh, What's your cartridge? What's your flavor? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, the The last time we did this, we built 6.5 PRCs. And uh, the reason we did that is we were all going to bring the exact same gun. We got uh, all the barrels chambered exactly the same, tried to shoot the exact same ammo. We're all going to bring – there will be three of us going. We're gonna, and, and why do we do that with the uh, ammo? Um, because in, just in case anything happens, because now we're sep- you know, we have to separate the ammo from the gun. So we each bring 60 rounds, and uh, that's our plan. We're going to have 6.5 PRCs, and we each bring 60 rounds. If something goofy happened, um, one of us is going to have ammo there. So that's why, we do, why, that's why we do that. That's how we set that up. And um, we, you know, we want everything exactly the same unless somebody, you know, sometimes one of us will have a different preference on a scope, but really not really anymore. Everybody shoots exactly the same thing. So that's how we set it up. Um, we, we bring 60 rounds of identical ammo that is exactly, it works exact same. These, these guns all shoot essentially the exact same load from, um, one to the next. And, uh, so that's our plan. What do you think? It's not a seven yeah. psalm. I know somebody who just uh, threw together a seven psalm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a couple of emails back and forth to you, but uh, yeah, everything is stock. I had uh, it's a Model Seven Remington Model Seven. Um, the action, it uh, I inherited it, so it had a little bit of a special meaning to me. But everything else yeah. has been rebuilt. I did do work to the uh, action. Had it blueprinted, built a uh, new built handle on it. 
uh, Wyatt internal box, open it up from what from Sammy spec to uh, a little bigger. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's a badass gun, man. Oh, that's cool. That's especially, a- especially if it has sentimental value. Yeah. Um, I, I have a, we have a client that just today, speaking of seven sentimental, and I'm just not the name dropping gun guy. I wish he was here. I actually will bring him in on a podcast because he was out of his mind elated this morning when I talked to him. Um, but anyway, he took his grandpa's, oh, it's a, it's a, it's an old lever action. Um, and I would be re I, I would be lying to tell you what he took, what it was, but anyway, First day, as luck would have it, he killed a Boone and Crockett lion on his trip, and he is six foot four, six three. He's a little shorter than me. And wait till you see this picture, guys, of him with this cat. Was that, who is that? Is that oh, Craig. is that Craig? Yeah. Oh. So he was out of his mind excited. And, the, and one of the most exciting things, that he got to shoot it with a rifle that had tremendous amount of sentimental oh, that's value. That's cool. That's a big cat, man. And Whoa. It, yeah. And uh, he just killed a giant today with one of our outfitters. And he, yeah, he's, he's a tiny guy. His arms are like half your size too, right? No, he's six foot four, <laughs> 255 pounds with probably 8% body. I mean, he's, he's giant. That he's, lion is bigger than he is. He's giant, yeah. and that lion still looks big with him wrapped around it. Yeah, he's a big boy. Um, well, so congratulations, anyway, Craig. That's awesome. Yeah, man. so, so uh, the fact that your rifle has sentimental value is even better. Yeah. How does yeah, it shoot? Yeah, it was uh, – uh, so far, it's all right. I only got about 50 or 60 rounds through it yet. I'm getting ready to start doing load development. I want to throw another 40 downer first and, and uh, go from there. I put it's a proof barrel, so it, probably no breaking period on it. But uh, I'm just going to, like I said, run 100 rounds through her and uh, go from there. I'm, I'm going to run uh, 175 ELDX. Um, oh, yeah. I do got to tell you, I went from a VX6. I just put a VX5 on it, the 4 to 20 uh, TMOA, man, is that scope freaking phenomenal. I know it's one of your favorites, Brian. Yeah. Brian loves that scope. Well, good for you. That's a good bullet too. That'll do, uh, that'll do everything you need it to do realistically. Um, how long was your yeah, barrel? I yeah. can't remember. You told me once upon a time, 20 inches, 22. No, it was 22, but I, I stretched it out to 24. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know what? That makes sense with yeah. that rifle. Um, can you, can you have yeah. a suppressor in uh, Michigan? Yep. You can. Yep, I can. I'm not going to because I don't. I don't want something that's going to be 30 inches long or 28 inches long. You know, but uh, I am going to be building a 450 next. I may have you guys help me uh, and build it for me, but uh, that will probably get suppressed. Yeah. Is is that what you have to use in one of the zones? There is a 450 where you're yep. at. So they have. So yep, a lot the of zone these. Army. Yeah. So a lot of those, like Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, now, um, they they allow you to use those straight. The, the straight wall cartridges. straight wall pistol cartridges so hey what, that's what cool, did though. you shoot your deer in iowa the one you passed on day one killed on day four what did you uh um hashtag 393 what did you kill him with i was going to ask you that before was it a shotgun muzzleloader no that was a 450 that was a ruger 450 it um, was yep yep and i tell you i switched from the uh from the Hornady Blacks to the American Whitetails, and I tell you, I, I love that that lead core bullet, man. That thing just put him right down. Really, it, it's so funny because we we grabbed those rifles, and um, we you know tricked them out a little bit, and we had them shooting like crazy at 500, 458, I think. Was is that what, we is that what it was? Four fifty, and they were just they were just rocking and rolling, and uh, but I have to tell you. Um, after shooting it twice, I was like, I never need to shoot that thing again. Yeah, they bark a little, don't they? They, 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 they pump some, um, <laughs> they pump some pressure onto that shoulder, man. So, yeah. And being yep. a tiny guy, it's important to me not to feel said recoil. It it hurts. So, um, it was like, and now my son, he's like, he wants to go shoot everything in the world with that. You know, he's like. Well, he wanted to. Yeah, what did he want to do? He wanted to go his, kill. Oh, he wanted Montana. to go, go hunting. Go, yeah, let's go hunt Montana. Would I want to shoot that. Put dad. that 450 together. Yeah, he's like, Dad, I want to shoot an Audad with that 450. I want to shoot. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, no, son, come on. Grow up here. Wake up. Let's think about this. He's like, that'd be cool. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever. Uh, yeah, just just man can't handle it, huh? So are you? Are, have you started working out for the mountains yet? Being a flatlander? Because you're, uh, you're at 900 feet above sea level. 
Well, that's about yep. what he'll be yep. uh, in uh, Wyoming. He'll start off uh, base camp at 9,000. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, uh, so, yep. so I'm in the gym pretty regularly, man. I mean, I, I work out four or five times a week. But, yeah, I got I to gotta get the old legs in shape a little more. But I got to weight it best. And, you know, I'm on a stair stepper quite a bit. So. Good for you. See, uh, you'll, so you're ready. No elk is going to outpace you. Let's hope not. <laughs> About the twenty twentieth mile of your ride into, you'll you'll know all of your uh, muscles, your riding muscles too. <laughs> yeah, I would go because uh, we know where you're going. It's a, it's a long ride. I'd, in. I'd go find a horse, uh, um, like a little horse farm that wants to have some of their horses ridden, and go out there and say, you know, can I ride some of your horses? Um, because uh, those uh, um, ass muscles and leg muscles are definitely going to be exercised. That I actually had reached out to a, a horse guy here, and I'm going to start doing some riding lessons. And I, I tried to tell my old man, I said, you better jump on the horse because, uh, you know, we ain't never done it before. But I'm going to be as prepared as I can possibly be. It's, that's Is your dad going with? Is your dad going with? Yeah. Oh, man. Yep, that'll yep. be a blast. He's a yeah, he's he's not old. I mean, he's he's going to be sixty this year. Um, so he's Brian's I age. I said we better. Start... <laughs> I told him I said we uh, we better start getting some of these hunting. You know, Leap so uh, yeah, he's pretty old. He's going on uh, he's going on a mule deer hunt with me too. So. Oh, that'll be fun, man. That'll be epic. That, so how did you? So you you heard about us? Did you already say this? You heard yeah. about us from our podcast? You were listening to a podcast. Uh, how did you hear about us? Yep. Kurt's Kurt's podcast so, with Nick. Oh, that's right. You said that. My my bad. My brains. So you heard about that from Nick. That's right. And and when he did the working class bow hunters. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that was a couple years ago. Um, right when he was getting ready to launch it. And uh, yeah, like I said, I sent him an email, and then we were on a phone conversation that night. Um, he's a great dude, man. I tell you. Um, and we bounced some ideas, and with like I said, within two days, I had a hunt booked. That's awesome, man. Well. I wish I could go with you. Yeah, Nick Nick does a great job. So you, one of the things I would encourage you to do um, is you're obviously going to go into Cody, and I'm sure you've already thought of this, but uh, um, I was thinking of it from a podcast perspective that we should talk about um, travel in and travel out and have an actual podcast around attractions to see at maybe like five or six of the major thoroughfares, if you will, of locations that you're going to go through. Yeah, because Cody, Cody is full. Cody is one of them. The, the The Gun Museum, number one. Yeah, the it, Buffalo Bill Cody Museum has an awesome gun collection. Was, it, it, was that a pun? It, yeah, it, it was. <laughs> um, uh, I caught it. I missed that. <laughs> um, um, that's okay. Um, it, it literally 100% is a place to see. Yeah. And so For I, sure. I would encourage you to go into Cody a day or two early or stay a day or two late because Cody's not something to roll into and go, uh, cause you're going to roll in Bob. have you ever been to Cody? First of all, Bob? Nope. Not at all. Okay. You're going to roll into Cody and you're going to go, if, if you don't have a day, you're going to go son of a gun. And there's no cheaper time to experience Cody when you've already driven out there for a, um, a hunt like this, an excursion, an adventure. And I would absolutely 100% take a couple days and I would go see Cody. I, I would, uh, um, I would go to the, I would go to the museum, um, I just would. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, because you you are are you at 900 feet or are you at 500 feet or something? I mean, you got to be low, right? Because you're right on. Yeah, we're I'm uh, 700 feet. 700 feet. So your the trailhead that you ride out of is at 7,500 feet. And that's uh, yeah, so awesome, though. That give you that that give you if you stayed a night in Cody, give you a day to act. That that's it gives you a day because Cody's 5,000 feet, something like that. And uh, yep. just get kind of get your lungs and get your bearings. It make I think it'd make it more enjoyable. Really, but, you're only over the mountain from Yellowstone too, if you've never been out there. Well, he's, he's that time he's of year. Yellowstone really close to Yellowstone. Yeah. Where, yeah. He's, where, he's where you're going to be hunting is essentially you're going to be hunting animals coming out of Yellowstone. You're, you're hunting the migration out and down. Um, but the fact yep. of the matter is, um, uh, we'll, it's all depends on if Yellowstone's open at that time. Is Yellowstone open usually third week in October? Just barely. They're usually yeah. about the middle to the end of October is when they close, it's, depending yeah. on conditions. Yeah. yeah, depending on snow that, and That elevation. entrance from Cody will probably close the 31st. 
Yeah, so so e- either way, though, Cody's a must-see. There's a lot to see in it. Uh, you know, it's it's worth it. It's a uh, old-world cowboy, old-west cowboy town. What's that, w- cool. what's that uh, motel that we ate lunch in that last time? Do you remember the name of that? That's a cool motel. Yeah, um, I'll pull it up. Let me – yeah. I know right where it's at. I'll just go to Google Maps and um, figure it's it out. Ca- yeah, so. that's a neat place to have lunch or well, something. If you're, if you're there in the summer with the rodeos, it's super expensive. <laughs> Those those yeah. rooms are pretty high. Yeah, I, I don't think the rodeo is going on past September. I think that Labor Day weekend is the last weekend. They won't be that time of year. No. Um, but I will tell you this: the other place, it's like, and and by the way, I'm giving you advice that we're taking. We're going in, and I've never been to Dead Horse. Um, of all the travel we've done, I've never been into Dead Horse. I'm sorry, White Horse, White Horse. Uh, um, so I've never been to White Horse. And we are absolutely 100% going to go into Whitehorse. And I'm spending an extra day there because I want to see it. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's the Buffalo Bill um, IRMA, Irma. I-R- oh, yeah, Irma Hotel. Ir- Ir- Irma yeah, yeah. Hotel and Restaurant. Yeah. And it's an old, old, old um, restaurant in downtown um, on the main drive. Yeah, I'd never, I'd never been in there. Yeah, it's it's Before a last must year. Is, it, is that like the Occidental in Buffalo? Yeah, it's like yeah. Yeah, that's same exactly ty- what same it is. type of deal. Oh, okay. And it's yeah, funny because I've been to both of them. And the only reason I've been to them is because my kids played baseball in Buffalo and Cody all the time. Oh, in the Wyoming league well, they were in. That's exactly what it reminded me of. It, oh, okay, the, yeah, yeah it's same, exactly the same deal. Yeah. It's exactly it was fun. Like that. They're real cool. Yeah, yep. super fun. And uh, um, it is. It's it's a great town. Um, you'll love it. So just think about I, that. I tell you what. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I would say uh, the one thing that I am going to do is take a couple extra days, and uh, I'm going to take a detour and come up to Spearfish, South Dakota, and check out the bone cave. Sweet. Well, it's not much of a detour. I think it's right on the way, brother. <laughs> take, take a ride at uh, I, exit, I heard uh, a, exit 14 here, I heard right? there's this guy that's got this butcher shop. Yeah, there's. I heard there's this guy that's got this butcher shop that'll butcher your elk up for you. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dude. Well, I guess we we might know that uh, place, but Spearfish is definitely a fun sea too. There's a lot, you know. There's yeah. there's some nice restaurants and down old uh, old town Spearfish, the downtown historical uh, district. Is yeah, you're cool. ten miles from Deadwood. Deadwood's a Deadwood's, Deadwood's a cool Deadwood's, cool thing to see. Yeah, it, it's amazing to drive up there and see that. And the Bone Cave is fun too. And uh, we'll have you in, of course, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah. And if you spend Absolutely, a night here, we man, might even we might even rope you into another podcast um, just to uh, have it. Uh, um, what's that? Talk about your hunt. Yeah, we'll talk about your hunt. We we especially while yeah, it's because depending your mind. upon what time you get done, because we're not very far from Cody. No, we 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 gotcha. we've made day trips to Cody. I mean, it, you know, if I'm driving, no problem. Brad, it's a week excursion over there. Um, but we've no, actually, we did listen to this. We went over there, left at, I don't know, we said we were leaving at 6, but time that we got out here was like 7, 38 o'clock. We got over there um, by noon, had a burger, grabbed your sheep, put it together. We were back here by 4, 35 o'clock yeah. in the afternoon yeah. um, from Cody's. So, what? You yeah. were? Oh, hell yeah. What? I drove. Well, So uh, did you go through Dayton? Where, how did no, you guys go up and over? No, the no, no, no. We no, go through no. Buffalo. We go oh, through okay, Buffalo so you go through, yeah, yeah, we go buff, oh, over ten through sleep. Buffalo, 10 sleep. Yep, 10 north, right okay. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. You guys were moving. <laughs> well, yeah, it's 85 the whole way. It's <laughs> I mean, it's interstate the whole way, is it not? Well, in Wyoming, it's 85. Yeah, because here's the reality. Uh, honestly, honestly, between Powell and Cody or on 14 there, between Grable, depending if you go down, because yeah. we always yeah, yeah. go over right there. Yeah. Boom. That That's okay. The only thing that's there is coyotes and antelope and 85, 90 miles an hour. Well, as Brian always says, those are the speed limit signs with the stripe around them, so those are optional. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, where my my brother-in-law. Hey, Bob, we can we're not held we are held harmless for any driving advice that you might get from this podcast. Obey the speed limits, Bob. It's just the right thing to (laughs) do. My brother-in-law hunts a lot of antelope up there by Tin Sleep, where his folks live. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, Yeah, Tin Sleep's Tin Sleep's a really cool town. It's a cool little town. So Yeah. I mean we, we literally we we just jet across. It's easy for us. And uh um we go down here's what we do. We jump over through Warland, go down towards Thermopolis, and take a right, go over to Matitsi and straight over into Cody. Boom. Easy, easy, cheesy. Bam, we're there. 
We have to slow down because of all the traffic in Matitsi, but other than that. <laughs> yeah, the, the three bars <laughs> and two churches, um, we do, and one gas station. Um, and they're all well attended, so it's a lot of fun. So, Bob, you're uh, taking your seven psalm up the mountain. Absolutely. And you're well, kill that's a, a great choice, man. That'll get the job done. Yeah, so, man. Uh, I don't have any expectations or anything on size. I mean, I'm not one to pull the trigger and, and uh, how do I say, I don't want to kill something just to kill something, you know? So I'm not going to go in there expecting to kill some 330 inch bull, but you know, I mean, I want to kill something very respectable, you know? This is going to be the biggest bull you've ever shot in your life, no matter what, right? <laughs> this is true. <laughs> well, here, here's the reality. You're going to the right place, um, and uh, um, and you're going to have a great opportunity. And I think the biggest thing is you're going in with the right mindset. I mean, you're going to be as physically fit as you can. You're going to be able to shoot as best as you can. You're going to go get riding lessons so your ass can um, handle as much riding as possible, knowing you don't. And you're going in for the whole adventure, not just to squeeze the trigger. I was talking to a guy today earlier, and he said, listen, here's the deal. I don't give a shit what size it is, what it looks like. Um, I need to kill this particular animal. And my number one priority is squeezing the trigger and putting a hole through this animal. That's it. Well, that's a whole different At least he knows what he wants. Yeah, ex- he, he's chasing. He's chasing. 29. 29. Exactly. That's his deal. That he's chasing 29, and that's his deal. And his adventure is the kill. Bob, your adventure is, is the experience. Yeah, who was the old railroader Absolutely. that used to go into that camp? I mean, this is this camp has so much history. He used to – oh, I've, I, anyway, uh, I'm jealous because it, it's an amazing place you're going. It's it's so cool up there. You're going to love it. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've been hearing, man. Uh, I heard it's I heard it's in Grizz country. I heard there's a oh, lot of Grizz up there. Yeah, they're thick well, as I ticks. I could show you videos <laughs> of a guy that killed a ram about 10 miles from where your camp's going to be over two drainages that lived with uh, – um, that lived with Grizzlies the whole uh, camp or the Ram season. He was up there, and he, and he went over. He's a local, um, but he, I've seen video of yeah. You're, they're they're thick. You're gonna see you're you are in Grizzly country. Yeah, and 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 they're gonna be in that drainage. There there will be Grizz. You'll see Grizzlies. I'd be shocked. I'd be I'd be more than shocked if you don't. But to me, that's yeah. a part of the experience. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, he was saying, he was saying on an average day, you might see three to five different grizzlies. Yeah. You know, as you're riding through. Yeah. Yeah. Thus, thus you would be shocked. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Um, that's pretty cool. Are you going to take a pistol? Uh, yeah, yeah. I just, uh, I'm not going to go 10 millimeter. I got a Glock nine millimeter. I'm going to take, um, reason I'm doing that is, is it's 17 plus one. And I'd rather be able to manage my recoil and get more down to more down the pipe if if a uh, situation got hairy you know but uh we appreciate we your concept that that that's a great strategy we believe that same strategy yeah i've got a custom tin and i shoot it just as about as badly as you can imagine and i do the <laughs> same thing my i i i bring my nine it's yeah i mean i just hope i yeah i mean you know they're you're on horses and i mean they're being able to manage your yeah. pistol in that situation is more important than you know. It's like I took a four fifty. What is it? Four fifty seven Kasul. Four fifty four. Four fifty four. Yeah. Four, four yeah. Um, yeah. Those these, bark like crazy. Didn't we shoot one of those in yeah. Bear Camp? Yeah, we've shot them before. Uh, almost broke my wrist. I felt like <laughs> it was like what the hell. Well, I, now I'm just going to turn the gun on me and one, get this over with really fast because I got a broken wrist. You're a one shot. One. What plus? What are, are they like? Seven and a half pounds. You run them on a chest. Oh, dude, holster. they're heavy. It's like well. I just well carry a Kimber or something in a 300 short mag because they're about the same size. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! Put put your Kimber right in your chest holster right there. <laughs> My recommendation to you, Bob, would be to never leave your rifle though. Yeah, right. Because you know we've hunted grizzly country a lot and brown bear country and been around bears from Russia um, to Wyoming, and we've had them in camp. We've been around them. And I would still feel more comfortable shouldering my rifle um, at a charging bear than I am my pistol. Does that make sense? And I've, I've carried Absolutely. a pistol, but the rifle, I, I'm just telling you, my advice would never, ever let that rifle not be by your side. When you're in the tent, yeah. 
your rifle's in there with well, you. Brian's favorite pistol is a Keltec 22 mag, so I, that's a extremely good advice. <laughs> it is my favorite pistol, though. It is it is my favorite pistol. Um, not a question. I, I actually, I got to tell you a story. Um, I, I was uh, buying a pistol one time for my son and my wife, and um, my boy said to the guy, he goes, "Yeah, well, you're talking to a guy that his favorite pistol is a Keltec." And the guy looked at him. He goes, "And what's wrong with that?" It's a 22 mag, and the velocity is one of the only um, uh, bullets that pierces armor and or penetrates it. The, uh, uh, the police officers have had to look at different type of material because of uh, the 22 mag and the velocity of that thing. <laughs> and, uh, and he said, and my wife and um, daughter both carry 22 mags because they can handle it way better than the 380. And my concept is that I've taught them, and he used to do police. He worked at uh, this gun shop part-time in downtown Spearfish, or uh, I'm sorry, Rapid City. And uh, um, that was his, and, and I went, yeah, see? Noah? That's my strategy. That's Noah. my strategy too, and I didn't know it was my strategy. I just have it because I'm a coyote hunter, and I can rip out 30 rounds in no time, and the 22 mag rips them out, and, and I can handle the gun really well. I don't conceal and carry, so to be honest with you, it's like I have no perspective. Brad's the, Brad's the, uh, um, the Army guy that carries the pistol all the time. I don't. So I'm not an army guy. No, but you know what I'm saying? I, I don't I don't I don't I've never done I've never been through a pistol shooting school. You know, I've had a Navy SEAL say, here's how you do it. Um, and that was it one time. So but I would I would I like your concept of, of a gun you can handle. So, Bob, what's the yeah. next plan? What What's your next uh, next box to check on your adventure world? Oh, I kind of got three, but this one's going to take priority first. Uh, my dad retires in 2025. He wants to do a moose hunt. Um, I've just been kind of sitting back right now, and I, that's what I want to do. I think we're going to go up to the Yukon. Um, he wants to go on the Canadian side. I want to go on the Alaskan side. Um, that's what we're going to try to do. But if I don't do that, I want to kill a mountain lion with a, with a bow. Gotcha. Well, those are two distinctly different hunts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah well, good. but uh so you want, you, want, you, want, you, want, you want you want my advice on uh um both of them i i would i would <laughs> i would talk to us about a um different moose strategy and not because the yukon's not great and not because canada's not great but i can give you the same alpine type moose hunt for a third the money um and your average bull is going to be five inches less in width and paddle size exactly the same and when somebody sees a paddle on a on a bull on the wall they don't ask how wide it is they go oh my god that's a beautiful moose does that make sense yeah and so no absolutely um but i love the moose thing and my other advice is that's exactly what you should do in what order because moose are not coming down in price and they're not going to come down in price um, with the amount of adventure hunters that are coming into the market, I don't see moose coming down. You, how old are you? you no, say? no, I, I, 30s. Yeah, I'm 37. Yep. How how much time can you get off, and how quick a notice can you get off? Um, every year is different. The, the hard part right now is is my daughter's in travel dance and gymnastics. Uh, she does competition, so we're gone quite frequently with Sorry. that. I'm burning days up, but you're in, a, you're in one of those cult, <laughs> uh, I can, one of those uh, cult sports. I mean, no, they that are, far out, I, I can do three weeks at a time. Because the reason I was going to say is because the mountain lion thing, I got to tell you, nobody else listening to this on the podcast listening. The mountain lion thing, if you're patient and you want to call in and get on a list, we have last minute cancellations where guys need um, somebody to show up at a real quick moment's notice. And you can get mountain lion that aren't as expensive as you think, unless you want a giant like Craig just went and shot. Um, those aren't cheap. Um, but if you want to just kill a good mountain lion and have a shot at killing a mountain lion with a bow, um, that's a last-minute cancellation opportunity that we just need to stay in close proximity to each other on. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I was going to do, to be honest. I was going to reach out to Kelly and tell her when uh, when I was ready um, to, to put me on 100%. that list for them last minute. Yep. Just do that. We'll that that's all the office. Yeah, yep. 100%. That's exactly right. And then uh, you uttered, yep. and I, I was approaching those two. I did not anticipate you saying doll sheep. Um, well – it was never on the radar um, until I got 
you know, once I got the membership with you guys, I started browsing around this and going down uh, the YouTube wormhole. And it's more of a, uh, I want to challenge myself. Um, and I watched, you were on that hunt. I think it was a dull sheep hunt and it, and it really whipped your tail. Uh, when you got up to it, you just lay down by it. I thought, man, that's kind of the hunt. I know it sounds stupid, but you know, just to challenge yourself and see what you can do, see what you're made of, you know, and, uh, I can't afford any other sheep. So the doll sheep would be the closest that I could afford. So, uh, it's more of a challenge thing for myself. I think, you know, that's another one of those lists you should get on in about three to five years. And, uh, um, and, uh, or we call you when we have one, like this one that we just had for three years from now, they had it priced at now, but the guy's got a switch in ownership, um, partial ownership of the camp. And we just had a smoking deal on three doll sheep, which we never have. And those are but gone already. It, it, it went like it went like that. But if I could have had you, if it, it, now I know, I'm just going to call you and say, Bob, get your ass in, get this deposit down on this, hold this, and uh, let's start making payments because. Um, and the, more of those will come, Bob. Yep. Just you're you're, in, you're ingrained in the ecosystem of what we're doing. You, you'll get across them. Yeah. But you're right. The doll sheep. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a an addictive bug that you'll catch. Mm-hmm. That because there's a lot of pulse personal you know, fulfillment. It's just it's crazy up yeah. there on that on that mountaintop. You know, you know, Bob. What we didn't show was Brian when he got to that sheep, or just before that the stuff that we didn't show that was would have been really interesting. <laughs> yeah, a few a yak, yak here, <laughs> yak, yak. There. So I, yeah, you know, it was. Physically demanding to say I, the least. I was throwing up. I was. Uh, um, I'd never pushed myself harder on a uh, um, on a hunt than that for sure. Yeah, I was throwing up like crazy because um, I had to go over the mountain and get down to it. And when I got up to it, because it died over that mountain, and we cut out that the me getting around. I told the outfitter the first day we got into to outpost camp. I said, "Where are we going?" And he goes, "Well, see those sheep on that mountain over there." I said, "Yeah." I go. He goes, we're going over there because there's – he goes, we're going to go look at those sheep, which was like five, six miles away. I'm like, no problem. And I said, okay, I'll kill a sheep anywhere in – we can see, no problem. But I will not kill a sheep up there. Um, I have ki young kids at home and a business, and I'm not – I will not kill a sheep at the top of that mountain. You know where I killed that sheep? <laughs> right on top of the mountain. <laughs> right on top of that mountain. Yeah, yeah, but it was, it was a cool. Like Brad says, self-rewarding, man. It was cool. I, I'm how, surprised how cool there there were so many sheep up in that roly poly stuff, though, Brian. That was that was nice for you. Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> yeah. What were we gonna uh, say? No, you know, you, you nailed though. I'm not trying to like beat a dead horse on this, but you know, like the mountain lion hunt, like I'll have to call Kelly and be like, all right, I'm ready. But as far as everything else, I have to deposit everything. It just that's what works. I'm a blue collar guy, man. You know, and. uh not trying to oversell your company, but that's just what I have to do. So in order to do a hunt that's attainable like that, you know, that's up there in the thousands upon thousands. I mean, I just, I have to take full advantage of that. That's the only way I'm going to do it, you know. Well, dude, I'm telling you that actually that's, uh, that's made my day. Cause this has been one of those days in the office that I go, what did we start a hunting company for? <laughs> um, and, uh, um, it's just, it, because you know, we, you know, when you do 8,000 apps and, uh, um, and there's, there's just a lot of moving parts and I love every minute of everything that we're doing. And, but honestly, it was really, I wanted to do that because I grew up in the same space you did. You know, Brad was very fortunate and he said this a million times to have grown up out here out West. And, you know, um, it's never been from a bragging perspective that Brad says I've killed 27 elk or whatever it is. Um, well, hell, there was no chance in my life to do that. And, um, because I just didn't grow up out here, you know, and, uh, um, grew up in, uh, Iowa, moved to Wisconsin, didn't understand the application points. And, and I, I, I did, I mean, I was blue collar. I was a meat manager, you know? Um, and so, um, my first hunt was, uh, that I did like big adventure was caribou. I made payments on it to a booking agent in Shelley or no, um, a Spooner, Wisconsin and made payments on it to go and uh with club chambeau and i went up there and killed uh two killed uh, a booner two, yeah i did 
I killed a, a <laughs> you were too you were too poor to bring it home. <laughs> too poor to bring it home. The guy said you got to split that to get it on the thing. And the guy goes, "That's the biggest uh, um, caribou in camp." I said, "Well, I got to split it." And so he started offering me money when he got to fifteen hundred. I'm like, "It's yours, brother." Sold, um, sold. <laughs> Give me the fifteen hundred bucks, and uh, hopefully someday I get back and kill another uh, um, caribou. But uh, I, that's a true story, man. And uh, um, and I was been blessed to do a lot more than I ever thought I could. But one of the things that's the greatest blessing is to have a company and to hear you say that, Bob. So we appreciate that. Send me a picture of. I'm going to call yeah. it the Seven Miller. I like that. I like the Seven that. Miller. Yeah. Yeah. The Seven Miller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that could work. Hey, uh, let me ask you guys a question. Um, speaking about all this, obviously you guys travel the world. Um, you guys are going to Tajikistan and doing everything else. If you guys, what's what would be one more bucket list hunt you guys could do? I mean, you guys have hunted a lot, seen a lot, traveled. So what's something if you could do it right now, what would it be? I want to do the Russian sheep slam. I wish, uh, I wish that would have all turned out better over there for multiple reasons you regret that you had to miss that russian hunt yeah deeply i'm super bummed about it um i had a plan but yeah that uh i would you know i would say a high all tie for me is like the goal simply because but but yet you say that and i i it's it's i i don't think it's probably um High Altai would be something that I would like to shoot before I end my career because I would love to go see the Mongolia mountains and be over there right next to China. Well, even like that, I mean, all the all the the Ibex are high on my list because they're easily achievable and it's just a cool goat. It's a cool mountain hunt. Um, so I, I want to. Tr- I want to. That's high elevation of- usually. Yeah, Marco Polo checks a big box mm-hmm. for me, Bob. Um, I got to tell you, it really does. And I know, obviously, you said we're going over there. That checks a big box. But I got to tell you, um, uh, if I had to do one hunt every year, it'd be the Yukon, or the um, it would Northern be the Northwest BC. Territories, or British Columbia, or. Um, one of those three and it would be horseback and it would be uh two and a half three weeks and it would be just a tag full a pocket full of tags and it wouldn't be necessarily what i killed it'd be the lifestyle i got to live and if i could do that if i could do that four more times in my life if i could do it just one more time which i believe that's going to happen but that is my happy place um it can be lightning right next to me and I and you can be soaked to the frickin' core, and when the lightning strikes, your hair stands up through the dampness, and uh, you've never felt more alive than you do on that type of hunt. And uh, that would be my bucket list hunt. Period. Absolutely, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I seen you. There's some there's some good passengers up there. Did you read my hunt goals? on my dashboard or something that's no. basically how it starts <laughs> that's, yeah <laughs> with, I, I just want light. one i want one big horseback hunt in northern bc with if, the if somebody said like that every right. year because <laughs> i think really what you're asking bob and, and the way I, is okay you guys have hunted around the world you've done anything and what's your one more bucket list um i would say if i had yep. to choose between a high altai and i had one more to go on one more shot it'd be Yukon, Northwest Territories, or um, British Columbia, um, and it would be horseback. So probably Yukon or British Columbia, and just go in with a pocket full of tags and uh, and ride out for f- three weeks and just live the life of Jeremiah Johnson. You know, live the life of uh, Can you Grizzly skin a grizz? Adams. Can you skin a grizz, Pilgrim? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, hey, that, that's a perfect answer, man. That uh, sounds like a badass, badass deal there. How about man. you? I don't know, man. Um, one big bucket I list. Could, one thing. Oh man, I I'd have to think about that because to be honest with you, not to sound like cliche, but it'd probably be whatever the old man wanted to hunt. You know, like I said That's he's cool. sixty. You know, and I don't know how many more seasons I have with him, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, a, a big coastal ten foot brown bear or something, you know, would be be pretty cool. I, I don't know. <laughs> I tell you what, that is 95% boredom and 5% holy sh- terror. Unbelievable. Um, that That is an amazing hunt. 
Um, you're a young man. You're 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 37 years old. You got a lot of you got more adventures than you probably know in yourself, and uh, um, and what you can go do. Um, but I got to tell you something. You this begs 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 me to say this to you. It's what when you say it's what your old man would want to do. F the moose hunt. F the elk hunt. F the sheep hunt. The two of you. We need to get you organized and get you on that hunt that Brad and I just said is our bucket list hunt because then you can kill a moose, you can kill a elk, you can kill a mountain goat. And the, there's a hey, listen, the only difference between a mountain goat and a stone sheep is nothing other than the size of their horns and the color of their hide because they live in the same damn place. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. I was looking at some of them, some of them ones, you know, pick from five species, you know, you got three tags, you can pick from five, you know, um, I, I'm all aboard on doing something like that. And I've talked to him about doing something like that. I just don't know how my, how my wife is going to feel about me doing something like that. <laughs> well, here's are, are you we too do. close. We use the health plan and we put a little bit down <laughs> you can chip away at your wife and don't tell her. So <laughs> yeah. but uh, take your dad, man. Yeah. The experience is what you, what you should, you should shoot for that experience, man. That's awesome. Dude, that would be if I could take my boys. If I could take my boys, boys on a trip, I wouldn't even hunt. I'd put both of them with a gun in their scabbard, and I would run a camera. And uh, um, actually, you've just lit me up. I'm going to talk to both of them about it tonight and say, "Hey, let's get this going." So, pretty crazy. Well, well, Bob, you uh, you are uh, one amazing dude, and we appreciate you like crazy. Um, our company's better. For having Bob Miller a part of it, and we are happy to be able to uh, be your hunting and fishing and adventure resource. And uh, um, your calls are always welcome. And uh, um, I, I just so appreciate you, man. No, I appreciate you. Thank you. See you this fall. Yes. Absolutely. Hey, um, if you are out there and you're listening to this today, and you're saying, "Hey, listen, this might be something for me," go on over to RollingBones.com. That's rollingbones.com, and uh, um, just hit the membership button. You can It says join us today everywhere all over. Click on it. Look at all our levels. We have a membership that will fit anybody's budget, $50 a year, $150 a year, or $500 a year, depending on what your level of service and, and really what you want to achieve with your hunting goals. The $50 membership, I have to tell you, it, it gets you started. You know what I'm saying? It gets you one-state applications. Hey, pick a state. We'll help you decide based on what your hunting objectives are. But maybe you say, I want to do one in Western Hunt and see if I like it. Well, then let's get you some mule deer points. Let's get you some antelope points in Wyoming or Montana. A couple years, we'll show you where you can go and do a DIY, super inexpensive, see if you like it. Three years in, you're $150 with three years worth of memberships at 50. You draw a point, you come hunting, you say, this is for me. Stop by the Bone Cave. We'll build a dashboard for you that you can start hunting all over just like we've done for Bob. And it's that easy. It's absolutely that easy. So go to rollingbones.com. We are not an exclusive club. We're an inclusive club. And we would love to work with you and help you get on your next hunting adventure of a lifetime. So until next time, stay safe, be healthy, and happy hunting.